Hello, and welcome to So You Think You Can Rule Persia, the podcast where we rate and review all the kings of Persia from Diocles to the III. I'm Serial, and my pronouns are they, them. And I'm Umberto, and my pronouns are he, him. And I am Plumas, and my pronouns are she, her. Welcome to our recording, Plumas. Yay! Welcome to the podcast. Plumas. Hello. We're so happy last. to have you here. I am so excited to be here. I am the biggest fan of So You Can Think You Can Rule Persia. I am fan of the logo, I'm fan of the people, I'm fan of the people you talk over on the podcast. So thank you guys so much for having me. This is a gift. Thank you. (laughs) It's the least we could do after you hosted us so kindly in your own home. Oh, come on. It's the least I could do. I am, you know, I am the pelican godmother of the historia. So I just go around godmothering people. And I had to, like, I, I think it's the same I told you when I had you over on Twitch. There's not enough content, accessible content on Iranian history or history of, of Iran and the Persianate. So anything dealing with that is going to have my complete support. So it's like, yes, of course, I need to display you and have these, these two lovely people in the front row being like, look at them, follow them, <laughs> love them as I do. That is so lovely. I'm, I'm very, very happy that uh, we found you through this project and that we've become friends through the project and that also just, you know, that, that you're enjoying what we're doing because you are the expert here. Yes. We're you're way more of an expert as well. than either of us, certainly than me, because I have no idea about anything. <laughs> more than me, but, you know. I don't really think I'm an expert. That's something that's really, I, I thank you. I appreciate But I, I, it's, I don't know. I always feel like super humble being like, oh my God, you're the expert. I, I well, 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 listen, listen, listen. I said, I said you're more of an expert than either okay. of us. And that is true. So, you know, take that as you will. For thank anybody you. who doesn't know Plumas, I feel like we should have a little introduction. Um, Dr. Laura Castro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, AKA Plumas, uh, which you, you know, you'll be able to find her socials, uh, somewhere in the description. We'll put it over there. She, uh, is very active on Twitter and also hosts, uh, streams on Twitch about, well, the Persian empire and art and culture and everything related to that, which some of them are in English, some of them are in Spanish. So if, uh, you're interested in knowing a bit more about that, please check her out. The content is incredibly interesting and amazing so we're very very happy to have you here to <laughs> Thank have you. a bit of a conversation yeah oh yes and we're going to talk actually like about like i remember when we were preparing this uh this um episode i like, really kindly said don't worry you can only talk about your favorites because they know <laughs> i have a type for the acumenids for the acumenids and umberto knows as well so I'm just very happy. If you hear me giggling a lot, it's because I tend to laugh a lot. If you, if any of my bachelor are listening, they already know this. But I am just very happy to be here. So thank you again. I am humbled. I'm an honored. <laughs> All right, let's get started then. Will yes, we, so uh, Plumas told us that uh, she has a lot of notes from the episode. So we're going to go through them and discuss the various kings, starting from Cyrus, because nobody likes the Medians, poor Medians. I mean, give them a hug. I mean, nah. <laughs> nah. Well, I mean, hey. I, to be quite to be quite fair, if we do not have that much uh, information about them, then it's only reasonable that you know they're harder to be liked, if that's the way to put it. Yeah, you don't they're know less people than the other ones because they're in the shadows, hidden away. 
So, Possibly. I, I, I'm, I myself don't know much about the Median Empire and I only got to know them through Cyrus's um, bio. But I actually, I know more, and I'm quoting in there at the minute, I know more about the Medians when they are already a satrapy of the mm. of the Achaemenid Empire rather than actually the kingdom of Media as um as it is. I know more like, about the Mada tribes than the Mada Empire. And mm-hmm. um well I have my powerful tool with me, which <laughs> is the Achaemen notebook, which is a tiny <laughs> notebook that was gifted to me by the archaeological museum from Alicante. So thank you for that. They had a major exhibition called uh, Iran Crater of Civilizations. I think the catalog can be found online, some of the pictures, and I do recommend you to have a look at that because it was impressive. And I'm just very happy that a tiny museum, because it's not this is not very big, but this tiny museum got to arrange and display this amazing exhibition. And it was like, it covered more than 5,000 years of history. It was ambitious, but it was very, very cool. And in this notebook, we have a relief of what I believe is either a Bactrian or a Soplian. I don't know. Uh, Nadim, if you're listening to me, please tell me who is this person. But it's one of the reliefs from Persepolis. I, I told Umberto this before. And I'm not, they see as I'm not ashamed of admitting that I forget things super often. And I used to know and identified all the embassies in the Abadana of Persepolis. Now I don't, I forgot, so I don't remember who this person is. But in here, I binge listen to all the episodes. I'm up to date with them. I just listened to the latest one and um, I took little notes. And before, no, I don't want to scare anyone. And just to make it clear, <laughs> disclaimer to myself, these are not corrections because actually everything said was correct and it was super on point and I really liked it. This is more like notes that I thought we could bring to the conversation because we could use a little bit like a side note or like a tiny digression They're like oh this topic is so interesting let's talk a little bit more about that and um so yeah I'm, I'm really really excited and also I showed them also before but I I have tiny doodles and drawings as I got <laughs> through my notes because oh, I was excellent. laughing <laughs> I was laughing at. I am so excited to see what what you thought about about the episodes that we've released. Oh, it's so good! I really like them. I mean, anything remotely connected with Cyrus, I'm gonna like. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, Tell me about it. Because because Cyrus is like, a you know, man. secret to nobody. Cyrus is possibly the biggest historical crush I had. It's because <laughs> I really really like Cyrus. Um, so yeah, and actually, Our I'm golden gonna... boy. Oh my god! Yeah. But I think, but should we start with Cyrus? Yeah, sure. If you why not? Yeah. Sorry, Cyrus sounds good. Well, actually, um, I don't know if you guys are fans, like anime fans, but you know how in anime there's popular, uh, call, popularly called those three big, which are Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. My three yes. big are Cyrus, Dara, and Xerxes. So <laughs> we're going to talk about these three big. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I started taking notes on Kurosh, which I think has the most beautiful name ever, because Kurosh is just like, ah, I don't I don't get why the Greeks have to butcher everything they touch, but that's okay. We'll go with Cyrus. We can go with Cyrus. It's fine. And um I I wanted to talk about something that happened to me uh, as well when I was researching. And when I first came across the Cyrus cylinder, 
And um, we can all agree that it's not uh, it's not the first declaration of human rights uh, whatsoever. But yeah, still, please. yeah, no, it's not. And I understand that, um, especially from the Western academic part, we tend to look at it with a little bit more, we're skeptical about it and we don't understand how important it was because there was a lot of propaganda on it. But I made this right. mistake when I was um, researching myself and I even published an article in where I said, like, I treated only the propagandistic part, which it is mm -hmm. there. But that's also not comprehending the whole thing because the, the, the cylinder is following the Babylonian tradition of uh, jurisprudence. We can all, I think we can all think of the Hammurabi code, which right. is uh, not, it also uh, practices of jurisprudence. And those were used to resolve legal issues. Not exactly as a law code as we have now, because we need to do this exercise of putting ourselves in the shoes of the past and doing so is so important to avoid something that we call presentism, which is judging the past with the eyes of the present. Super difficult. Like, I know it's super difficult mm -hmm. to think that such things as slavery were okay with these people. I understand. Mm -hmm. But um, regarding the, the jurisprudence, these this cylinder as all the cylinders before Cyrus and as all the cylinders after uh, Cyrus, because this is not a unique thing. Uh, right. Definitely not. <laughs> like a lot of people <laughs> have their own cylinders. These were used as practical legal tools. And when in doubt, people would go to the cylinder and to see or read what the king had said, how the king had pronounced himself regarding certain mm -hmm. matters when they were... Uh, in the need for some kind of advice and they could not find it with the other practical uh, with the other practices they, they have so I, I really like the topic of the series calendar is so complicated because the most nationalistic part of uh, the history of Iran takes it as something that's not as Umberto commented on the Shah <laughs> parade have you watched it I don't oh yes I, I have just watched like a few brief clips about the what is it, 1973? Right? I think so. If it's like yeah. it's 70 something, I cannot recall mm -hmm. it by memory, but it's just, oh, <laughs> it's literally, it was too much. I don't know. There was yeah. this BBC documentary that is, um, if I can say this bluntly, a catastrophe regarding how they treat uh, Iran oh. because it's super oh, orientalistic and super paternalistic. Mm -hmm. But the first episode is actually very good. And uh, oh. yeah, the first episode is, is, I would recommend it, not the other two. But in the third one, they explain the thing with the parade and they show like a lot of images and videos and explain to you how opulent it was to the very, very limit. It's like, this was mm -hmm. not necessary. And um, a lot of, of that has sunk in the Iranian modern thought. So I, it's, it's quite common hearing people saying, oh, we, we never, guys, if you're studying history, if you're writing history, if you're doing whatever regarding history, never use the we, because it was not you. It was definitely not you. <laughs> it was not us. Yeah. We were not there. <laughs> so, it's so, quite impossible, not only geographically, but also just, uh, you know, time-wise. Turns yeah. out nobody has been alive for that many years. So don't pretend like yeah. you have. That we've known of. 
Yes. There's some kind Correct. of supernatural being around. No, but like, jokes aside, <laughs> uh, some people in the United States, oh, we invented human rights when, first of all, Cyrus' cylinder was not unique. The thing that's unique to Cyrus is the, the how how he dealt with uh, demographics. That's quite unique and different mm-hmm. for me, like, allowing people to go back to their original um, birthplaces, to the morbid lands. All the way, he was quite open about the religious cult, which is something the Achaemenids never actually imposed on anybody. Right. Like, they mm-hmm. were not... As long as they pay taxes in money, <laughs> animals, fabric, and um, workforce an army force everything was okay <laughs> so <laughs> i i wanted to like put like a note on this in like it's, yeah certainly it's not a declaration of human rights but it was connected to the legal mesopotamian tradition and definitely it was used as a legal tool and it's it's important because it's different to the rest mm-hmm. of them i always say this cyrus and that especially i believe they were extremely intelligent and also they surrounded themselves with um a lot of intelligent advisors. Like they, they, they knew who to put on their sides to make the most out of their ideas. And um, yeah, I, I no, don't know how much I can extend on this, but we're happy to listen and this will be a very interesting conversation. And if it's too much, we'll just edit yeah. it. Don't worry. It's no, fine. That's fine. We can fix this it. is not a direct, okay. you know, this is not live. So we we have some wiggle room, don't worry. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're so lovely. Just like, yeah, plumas, come here and fungal or kurosh all you want. Yeah, it's not like fine. we have something else to do with our lives. Tell us about Persepolis all the way into the morning. It'll be fine. Ah! <laughs> oh, exactly. Oh, I actually, Umberto, this is yes. a personal thank you to you because you mentioned Persepolis. You mentioned yes. Susa as well. But you also remember that. Egbatana exists. Yeah, of course. Egg- the summer capital. <laughs> thank it you. Needs some love. Yes, it does. Um, thank you. I just I have a note here that says Egbatana exists. So thank you for that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it it does. Like people tend to forget, and people tend to forget about Susa. Like, how do you forget about Susa? <laughs> like, it's I, basically. I, I, the... I don't forget about Susa because the first time I learned about the Achaemenids. I was surprised that they came so close to where I live because there's a town that through pure coincidence is called Susa just next to where I grew up. It's absolutely Ooh. unrelated, but I thought it was very weird until oh, I finally what a shame. opened a map. I thought you were going to be ah, like, yes. oh yeah, they were here for real. They were right yeah. next to it. I, that's, I had why, to content myself with the Roman ruins. Oh my God. Oh As my God. I, for a moment, I was going to say, well, did you grow up in Iraq? No. <laughs> that would have been a plot twist, but no. Yeah. I I, I love, uh, I, I couldn't visit. I was going to say the remains of Susa. There's nothing. Like, yeah. There's nothing. <laughs> but it's like yeah. everything's reconstructed. But I, I didn't get to visit Chogazambil. Mm-hmm. which was in Elam and because Elam is another, oh, we can talk about Elam at some other point. <laughs> but, <laughs> sure. But um, but yeah, I, thank you for just mentioning Iguatana. It's like a bit. I mean, um, we did the medians. It would have been a shame not to mention Iguatana. So, thank yeah. you. Correct, correct. <laughs> and um, I also noticed that possibly because of um, uh, you know, following a decision of like easier understanding, and because I understand that you don't have, you guys don't have time to explain every little nuance, and that's perfectly okay because that's not what your podcast is about. 
it's about naming Shahanshahs and Shahannas because if you ask me, that's the best pun in the whole thing. <laughs> like that and Eran Shine, please, can we give these people an Oscar? Thank you. <laughs> BAFTA for these puns. And, um, but I... It was, it was Umberto's doing, so, you know, yes. you, you can thank it. him for it. I love it. Thank the genius. Like, I'm not saying this just because I think the genius <laughs> is like, oh, dear, this is perfect. But yes, you're correct. Um, uh, we're not supposed to, you know, be a university course. We're not giving no. lectures. We, you know, we make mistakes. Please look we for serious historians simple. if you need information. We're here exactly. to get you vaguely interested in it, and then you can look deeper yeah. if you feel like it. And I it's think it's the most amazing slightly thing about satirical, it. you know, uh, yeah. educational podcast, but a podcast after all. So yeah, and I have a note on saying like that. I'm not not written down, but saying that you guys do this, we're laughing, I think is perfect and brilliant because we sometimes tend to think that people in the past didn't laugh and they were all so serious about everything. It's like, excuse you, but sense of humor has existed. It just, it, it comes with human nature. And the fact yeah. that you were talking about these kings and judging them in such a, I said <laughs> that we should avoid presentism, not in this podcast. Like, no, <laughs> we should avoid <laughs> I always find it so funny that um, a lot of human um, humor has not actually changed that much. Like, there's Mm-mm, a lot of no. jokes that we can still get, <laughs> and they're thousands of years old. <laughs> I mean, we have Roman joke books me. that still have jokes that actually, you know, track with what we have. So, it's, you know, it hasn't changed that much. You know, I've yeah, said this many times on the podcast, but yeah, yes, it's people be people. You know, exactly. Like, I, I don't I don't really think, for example, I was gonna I'm gonna talk about him a little bit later, but I do not think that when this person mutilated himself, like you know, cutting his nose and <laughs> yeah, ears yeah, and no. came oh. before Darius being like, My king, I have a brilliant idea. I can only imagine that being like, oh my god! <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the hell did you do? That is the same thing. I cracked the code. I know how we are going to defeat the Babylonians. And I just imagine uh-huh. Dara completely pale, just clenching his fist against his seat, being like, okay, could you, have you talked this through with someone? <laughs> Do you need late help? now, but you know. And I, it's perfect because it worked. I was telling, I was telling, um, someone in my family this the other day and they were like looking at me like yeah no wonder how it worked everybody would think no one would do that to themselves yes yeah of course because i (laughs) i just i still can't like sometimes i remember sometimes i just you know i go back to thinking about the things that we've talked about in this podcast i go to my notes to just you know read up on them and be like okay what what happened last time and there's these little things that i'm like how did this happen? I know. <laughs> they were really, what? Did I dream this? This yeah, can't Like that be. and the ash murder. It's a lot of things to happen. Oh my God, I love that. I always think that Parisates is given a lot of hate because she's a woman and she's like seen from the Greek sources. And, and you know, 
like Devon Cole sang in that song, she's a woman in total control of herself. So this is like, yeah. and that should, that, that must have been so scary. <laughs> oh no, definitely. Well, yeah, I am, exactly. I'm sure she's a terrifying, she was a terrifying woman because. But it's this yes. is amazing. I, I, like, I, so capable. I, women I always get a bad rep. So incredible. It's, it's because like, of the Greek true. sources and the Greeks are very exactly. misogynistic people. I mean, I know. They love, they love to just. You know, blame blame the women for whatever decision, whatever event, whatever happened. But also, in this case, (laughs) with this particular person, she just happened to be a psychopath. You know, (laughs) happens sometimes. You know, like credit where credit is due. (laughs) Not a psychopath. I'm just gonna say, perhaps, perhaps not, not in a clinical had, sense of the word. Of course, she had but. tools, she had reasons, and she was. I can't imagine her being so fed up with everybody around, being like, "Okay, if you want something to be done properly, do it yourself." Yes, like, yeah, correct. Yeah. So, I, and I know what people. I mean, if people listening to this know me from somewhere they know this already but if not i am absolutely biased just take it from now as like i i am if i take the greek side people are gonna come take my phd from me take my iranology card from me and be like no you aligned with the enemy bad bloomers like i know i know i just to me to me like um the greeks cannot i cannot trust them because I can't. It's just I'm a neurologist, but I, I enjoy them from time to time. Well, this is what this is what we're here to do. Honestly, we're yeah. here to give the other parts that perhaps, sadly, not so uh, often covered view. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> from the other side. Uh, yeah. Also, please, where everyone listening to the podcast knows that this is not an objective source of <laughs> um, no, of information. <laughs> that would defeat not. the whole purpose of it. No, and even in my own streams, I'm not objective because we cannot. I mean, I like the Persian, so I'm going to speak. I'm going to try to be as objective as possible, but there's not such thing as the history. There's multiple histories. There's multiple views and points, like points of view on a particular event, which for somebody was the major event that changed the curse of history. <laughs> That's a lot of Thermopylae, which saved nobody <laughs> and nothing. And um, Athens for the- was burned like two weeks later. It's fine. <clears throat> For all the people, it was just like, yeah, that happened. That's it. <laughs> and it's sadly, but, uh, well, yeah. So on the note, we were talking about simplicity and how you make Iranian history accessible. I, I noted that you talk about Zoroastrianism and where, while that's not wrong entirely, um, the proper word, like this is something I wanted to, to comment. And again, it's not a mistake. It's just a nuance that I feel is important. And it's, it gives you a little a better insight on how the minds at the time worked. Uh, so Rastrianism got only known as a rationalism in the very late period because the figure of Saratosht or uh, Zoroaster or Saratustra was right. like higher, like m- higher and higher deemed by, by the Sanians, especially because the cult, like the religion changes a lot under the Sasanian empire. You will get there. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> anything because this is what Umberto and Sariel are here for, yeah. telling you about the Sasanian kings. But um, <laughs> actually, the, what we know from this religion in the very early times, actually, we don't have this much knowledge of the religion, for example, Cyrus um, professed. Possibly it was something uh, 
related to the Mastian cult. And the word, at least the ecumenic word we use is Mazayasna, because uh, Ahura Mazda was always present. Um, um, they are the head of the Mesopotamian pantheon. And as Umberto Ansariel already said, <laughs> Mazayasna and Zoroastrianism later and Mahdaism, it's not the first monotheistic religion. It slowly became monotheistic because of the influence of other monotheistic religions like Islam, Christianity, or Judaism. Mm -hmm. But Mazayasna is something we call henotheism, which that means there's a major deity, a main deity up in the pantheon, in this case, it's Ahura Mazda, the wise creator. And then underneath them, there's multiple, and when I say multiple, I mean multiple, all the deities and divinities and important figures that help with the cult. And they are also regarded and deemed as important. And um, in this period, for example, there's the, um, uh, this, I want to call them concepts or ideas, which are the Amesha Spenta, which are six personalities and six aspects of Ahura Moza. Those with time would become personified and anthropomorphic. And that's super, super, super nice. I mean, they are my favorite. I love the Amesha Spenta so much because my jam, mythology is made jam on toast with tea. That's, that's, uh, that's there. And um, actually, I was wondering about the Amesha Spenta, like how... Because I never really understood how separate they are from Ahura Mazda. At the beginning, they're not at all. Okay. They are aspects of him. Um, we can. I'm not saying that this is the same, but Ir Iranic religions. Mm. And, and sorry if I, if you hear an accent, it's because I have one. I'm a Spanish speaker, so you hear the name <laughs> Iranic. Like it's like I'm not. Yes, I mean, I do have an accent, and some things are very difficult for me to pronounce in English because of the R's. Because Listen, neither of us, neither of us is a native yeah. speaker of English, so please, just you know, nobody's going to judge. Oh, we'll no, love an absolutely. Accent. Oh, thank you. And, yeah, and I love when you, when Sariel is surprised, they actually you can hear the <laughs> Spanish in the back. I can, and it's just amazing because I don't know which episode it was, but they were really surprised. They were like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it I was Sayaxari's with the Listen, it, it comes out sometimes. I what love can it I say? because I thought that's the most Spanish ah I heard in the <laughs> whole episode. <laughs> we have a very particular way of surprising ourselves. Um, so, yeah, at first, uh, you know, the Iranic religions have tight connections with the Rig Veda, the Vedic religions, mm -hmm. and the Indian um, cults and, uh, and mythology. So, these aspects, they kind of became avatars, but completely different in Iran. But it's like, imagine a deity with multiple like facets of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, those were the good thought, the ultimate truth, the, um, mm -hmm. uh, the uh, totality, immortality, this, these kind of things that were concepts that Ahura Mazda englowed they encapsulate that, that and then mm. over time people started mentioning these Amesha Spenta more and more separately and they together they formed the Heptad which is the the seven the, the group of seven deities which are like the main thing these these are the peeps these are the cool <laughs> gang in <laughs> right. the in the Zoroastrian pantheon and then you have the Fravashi the Yazatas which are my favorite and like a myriad of creatures going on and about so yeah 
that's just a note if you think, if you ever hear, oh, Zoroastrianism is the first monotheistic religion. Ah, ah, really? <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to move on on my... <laughs> if you want to make, I mean, this is me, auto-inviting myself and going against all my Arab and Iranian friends have ever told me. If you want to do an episode on Zoroastrianism, I would love to be here. Well, I guess I'm in the Sasanians, we'll definitely need someone who knows things to help us. So. Come on, with you were talking about the Sasanians, you need to talk about what I call, and yes, this is my label. <laughs> Don't look for it in the like academic books. Yeah, claro que sí. Sure. Venga. The, <laughs> the academic <laughs> books, the Beyonce of the, okay. of the Iranic pantheon <laughs> is the Yazata Anahita. If you talk about the Sasanians, you need to talk about Anahita. It's like, oh, <laughs> she queen, she royal, she reina del martes santo. Like, <laughs> it's just amazing. And, and um, yes, you'll have yeah. to come back and tell us all about her when we get to the Sasanians and yes. delve into that environment. Yes. Um, following in Cyrus, I, you mentioned, of course, you dedicated a lovely minute to Pasargada and the tomb of Cyrus. And actually you talked yeah. about the city and how it had the gardens and all the structures. It must have been such like a feast to the eyes. But unfortunately, I need to come here being like, well, actually. <laughs> and and that's why you're here. So please do go ahead. The, I'm, I'm going to talk about the tomb, the tomb of Cyrus, yeah. which actually we don't know if it's the tomb of Cyrus. I'm sorry, oh, people out there, I'm really sorry. I know this hurts, but we are not a hundred percent sure because unlike the other Achaemenid tombs, for example, that are Xerxes, Artaxerxes, that you have inscriptions and you have ways of identifying the kings, the Pasargada one is super empty. Like there's nothing in there, and um, I. I I want to believe it is. Like, I kneeled down when I was in Iran. I kneeled down before that tomb and I threw a kiss at Cyrus's tomb. <laughs> I have no shame in saying this because he's my favorite. And um, <laughs> um, there's things that there's no inscription, but there's things that point us at least to a Mahayasna connection because the tomb is separated from the ground and with these very big stairs very chunky big stairs and uh, made of limestone and that being separated from the ground could be an indication of yeah like not Cyrus's corpse didn't want to touch the ground which in Zoroastrianism shouldn't because the corpses are corrupt and the earth is sacred the soil is sacred it's actually one of the MSS Penta so okay. so you, it should not be touched and um so maybe Maybe. And I have a note here. It's been a while, but oh yeah, because I, I do not agree on the oh, no. low grade he got in skinniness because I think the Babylonian approach <laughs> and the creation of the cylinder was very skinny. And <laughs> I want, I I want I him to have a, like a higher rank on that. But um, I feel like that's more fair, legalistic. It's to fun. be completely fair. <laughs> this is not, but I, I'm, I mean, you know, I would have given like the thing is, I much agree with what Sadia said. Like, Cyrus is too good for this podcast. And like, yeah. yes, the winner so far is Nara. And I honestly hope nobody takes a crown from him because if there's anything <laughs> from Iran that is suitable to be the winner of this competition, that is Darayevush the first. <laughs> 
And I know, I know, I have like all the Sasanians in my ear at the minute, like, but I did, shh, I know. But this person rewrote history. What did you do, Shapur? Clean uh, that beard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, and actually, I wanted to share something, but for me, it's super exciting. Do you remember that you showed in the face of faces, you show mm-hmm. this engraving, this print of a person that supposedly is Cyrus with a casket on his head? Yes, right. yes, yes. Very right. famous picture. So, me and Mohammed Rasulipur, you shared his art, and I'm super happy you did. Mohammed Rasulipur is actually a friend of mine, and Mohammed is, it's just, oh, Go check him out. He's, yes, he's been very nice and yeah, everybody should he, check him out. Please he's do. Lovely. He's so lovely. And um, we talk we, we talk often and, and we laugh a lot because we are both super big nerds of the Book of Kings and the shows. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so, but but we were looking for, we were doing like a super insightful research, finding the author of this because it's not identified anywhere. And someone messaged Muhammad and I'm showing... Um, Umberto and, and Sariel, I'm showing the the, um, the screen. Like, uh-huh. This is all the Persian text. I can uh-huh. barely read it. <laughs> but basically, it's an illustration for the Old Testament portrait by... Um, I cannot pronounce his name. I don't know if it's German or Dutch. I'm really sorry. It was made in 1878. The portraits were drawn by someone called a Rowan and they were engraved by someone called G Pearson. So that is the author of this portrait. But unfortunately, that is not Cyrus. <laughs> oh, and is it not? damn. Why? No, damn Why is everything be- not true? I know, because actually the inscription that is above his head, it says, I am Cyrus, I am the king, I am an Achaemenid. But if we know something is that Cyrus never called himself an Achaemenid, he was Dada. So that was added hey, later, okay, but okay. him, by him, because it's like, see, he even said that himself because Dada, <laughs> mi amor, Azizam, he could not stop. Wait, but is, <laughs> is it Cyrus though? Even no. if the inscription is not true? or Oh, so they just put that inscription on top of yeah, someone's, someone's portrait. Said, just some, some random oh great great <laughs> i mean Wonderful. To, to be completely fair and true to the archaeological finds we i cannot say oh definitely 100 percent that was not cyrus there's a percentage yeah, that it was but based on the iconography it's really strange that cyrus represented himself with the wings that the spirit from mesopotamia had the the piece he's wearing in his head that's not a crown and it looks it, it looks very strange for a king so it's not the representation of a king more certainly we don't know who this person is we don't know even if it's a person and this iconography is super different to the king of kings images that we preserve yes that re- redefined everything and changed everything but not so much there's just there's just so much you can change within your lifetime especially regarding the visual language that is something for example it happens in iran as well when the ilkhanids come over yes i mean it was about time i mentioned <laughs> the ilkhanids <laughs> um when they come over, they actually redefine the visual language of Iran and they change it for like forever. Mm-hmm. But it takes at least 200 years to be settled. So just imagine that that I could just not just change everything. Yeah, you can't change so the, the Assyrian whole tradition, context. exactly. The Assyrian tradition was very well established. And you've seen that they copy the Lamassu and the winged uh, bulls and the winged lions. They, they just adapt um, the, this iconography but it does not change radically. So this Cyrus thingy, it's not him. 
If you want to look at a very nice representation of Kurosh, and this may be surprising, go look at the video game Civilization VI. They have oh. a magnificent ah, right, Kurosh. Yeah. And they even talk, if he starts speaking Persian. He's so cute. <laughs> Yes, I, I only remember Civilization Four version where it is that engraving, basically. So yeah, and in the face, so they did change it. That's nice. Oh yeah, yeah they did. Nice they Thank God it. they did. Um, but yeah, and also, you know, sorry. Uh, the last thing I have is the postal service because, uh, unfortunately, they did not invent it. They adapted the postal service. They adapted the system that they have from the Assyrians. For the person, the person behind all that. Was that a- <laughs> Of course it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Xenophon oh, gives it to anything, Cyrus, but if it is anything the at all, yeah. If anything at all happens, there's a 50% chance at least that it was Dada's fault. Yeah. Oh, I love <laughs> it. what I've Dada. learned. Why do I say Dada and not Darius? Because Darius is super difficult for me to pronounce, the Spanish person, <laughs> and Dada is just perfect. Like, <laughs> probably more correct so you know um, yeah, but probably, like it's really fun because the original like the old persian name is Darayush, but now uh-huh. my persian friends i have a persian friend and his name is Dariush, and it's super uh, difficult so- for me to call him like yes. that so i can just call him dara <laughs> and he's fine with it <laughs> like, right. you do you all have our ways yeah <laughs> yeah they they um it's really like it's super fun because my iranian friends cannot date in 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 persian there's not the sound u as we have in Spanish. So plumas, okay. they actually say plo, plumas, and it's super, it's hilarious. <laughs> and I, <laughs> That's so cool. This is to all my Persian speaking friends, and Michelle, I love you and thank you for trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in we'll Persian, it's not best. that fun. In mm-hmm. Persian, it's like the, the name of, of my project is Parhaye Semurg. Parhaye? Yeah, Parhaye Semurg. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, my, my. I prefer plumas. <laughs> it sounds like much, like much deeper, profound. And um, um, oh yeah, I mean that's that's everything I have to say about Cyrus. I enjoyed the chapter a lot, and I actually I'm very happy that he got two episodes because we have basically um, yeah. As is just basically Cyrus. Yeah. Cyrus is yeah. the prequel, you know. And then, and then we get to see Cyrus all grown up and doing things of his own, which was, I really enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah. I, I, I like the separation. I think Cyrus so far among the one, the episodes I've planned so far is only one of two that gets two episodes to themselves. And the other one is coming up and we'll see. <laughs> oh, you oh, need I'm to excited. tell me. Like, once it is over, you need to message me who this yes, person definitely. is. And I'm going to probably like, ah, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I really, something I love about Sarah's, and as much as I am a big fan, I think we should not forget that we know very little about Sarah's. And sometimes legend and these projections of what Sarah's was wanted to be take over the original person. And it's just something we need to, to have in mind that we don't know him very well, as well as we know all the kings. And I'm talking about Dara for sure, but I'm talking about Xerxes, Artaxerxes, and all the kings i'm not gonna spoil anything in the podcast (laughs) but um the legend sometimes because cyrus for the not only for the national discourse for the uh and i'm gonna use a couple of words that i love using the self-defining narrative um cyrus was everything and even that that i used his figure as the spine 
for his own empire. He was he cared enough to connect himself to Cyrus using sure. um, these uh, these supposedly ancestor uh, Ahomonesh, mm-hmm. and um, that tells us a lot about how deeply the Cyrus legacy was anchored in in the self-defining narrative of what would be the Achaemenid um, empire later and the Achaemenid dynasty and also that has carried on through history and now Cyrus is considered to be the father of modern day Iran which is by the way something very inaccurate because modern day there's a lot in the middle (laughs) exactly there's there's a little bit more complicated than that but um yeah just that note like to remember that Cyrus is an amazing historical figure but we have little information about him compared to the amount of information we have about all the later um, posterior kings. Maybe because of that, his legend is so great and we have created this popular image of Cyrus as a perfect ruler um, because I'm not, I'm not rejecting the idea of him being super intelligent and um, compassionate. And because I don't know if you knew of this, but one of the things he, he said about him is that he wept for an entire week when his wife, his, his second wife passed away, when Casamana yeah, died. It was like, they are also put out like the ideal marriage. So sometimes, you know, legends overcome historical discourses so just take the figure of cyrus and lucas telling you that it's like the, <laughs> the biggest fan of cyrus just take it with a pinch of salt because if anything cyrus was great he was the great but a lot has been added later to his legacy so just careful careful with um with that um yeah, also i was surprised that uh there is at least not that I've heard. There is no mention of uh, Cyrus like in the Shahnameh or later uh, works. Actually, where is super, is super there? interesting. Oh no, Umberto did it. He <laughs> opened the gate to the Shahnameh. Now I'm not going to shut up. And this is going to be the longest episode I've ever recorded. So in the Shahnameh, the, the knowledge of the Achaemenids is very diluted. But mm-hmm. because the Shahnameh is connected to the Sasanians through the Chodainameh, which is another book, I'm going to stop there, I promise. Um, but um, they apparently they have some kind of knowledge of this oh, ancient empire because, you know, Tahta Jamshid, which is the throne of Jamshid, is actually right, in Persepolis. Sure. Rustam is called like that because they thought that the person on the, on the carving was not Shapur, it was Rostam defeating mm-hmm. some kind of enemy. Which is a very Rostam-like thing to do, and uh, it, there must have been something. But yes, like the the historical knowledge was lost. Although, for example, my thesis supervisor and all the um, scholars are actually researching if possibly some of the characters of the Shonome could be uh, the Achaemenid cool. kings. I am right. very up for that. Although the one they that, yeah. chose to be Cyrus, I'm like. Mm, Okay. <laughs> but, um, Ooh, drama. Drama yeah, in the scholar of Lee's articles. And I, li- I like Kai Kavuz, but Kai Kavuz... <laughs> All right, uh, uh, he's a special peep. He's special. Very special. <laughs> I love this. I feel like we're in high school and we're just gossiping about like, oh yeah, do you know what he said? And he said <laughs> this. Oh no, what? what? Can you believe this? No, I have a very different opinion. What? How could you think that? Yeah, that's, that's basically what history. I mean, that's that's the point. We make history sound like super boring and super like intense and stuff. It's like, no, we gossip about the dead. 
That's what we do. We, <laughs> yeah, we express opinions from the dead. Um, so I, yeah, I have canvases now. <laughs> yes, I have very few yes. notes on canvases. On like, um, I just say, like, you already said this in the episode you covered that you mentioned that a lot of the sources portrayed him as mad, both Persian and uh, and Greek. And I'm not gonna. Um, I'm gonna read my note. I'm quote from my notebook. It says madness. Dot dot. He was not mad, but deeply hated. And dot dot dot. Well, dot dot dot. That happened. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's possible that a lot of the information we have on Cambyses is is uh, twisted. Also, if anyone was curious, the original old Persian name of Cambyses is Cambogia. How did the Greeks hear Cambyses? I have no idea. <laughs> Like how? I, that's yeah. that's little effort, Greece. <laughs> Hellas, I am disappointed, and um, I, I actually like uh, Cambyses uh, a lot, possibly because of everything that went on during his life and everything he had to put up, um, put up with. And I'm really happy that you mentioned that you told the episode of the uh, Apis Bull, yes. and you said that possibly that is absolutely fake and. That's correct, because in the Mandian yes. religion, <laughs> yeah. bovines are super, super, super sacred. And um, why would he do that? Like, it's same, the same with the fire. Right. Like, the, yeah, the with the fire. burning the pharaoh. It's, he's sort yeah, of blaspheming exactly. against his own religion and someone else's. Why would yeah, he do that Why what would he kill a bull or a cow? Why would he? Like, it, this literally... If anything, and this is completely my opinion in case someone wonders, if anything, if he was presented to a sacred cow, he would understand the sacred cow as his own in the sense of, oh yeah, this cow is sacred for you. I understand that because bovines are super important in my religion as well. I mean... Well, and even more of a, of a reason then, if you want to slander someone and actually give them like retroactively a very, very bad... Um, fame and you know hated person everyone wants to talk shit about them uh wouldn't that make it even better if uh this bull was sacred for both cultures involved because then it makes it terrible in the eyes of ones and the others like it's just overall Definitely. it's just all all around terrible thing yeah, to do sure. so yeah. it makes yeah, sense I, that I it agree. would be something you would make up to you know I be like you look how terrible correct. this person is yeah yeah, I think you're the most correct. And it's the same with the fire. The Mazdian fire cold would have been too strong. Although there is there is always like, room for mistakes and people being stupid. Because remember, people are people. <laughs> yes. But I don't know. I, I think I think it's just like bad publicity. And the um, same with the with with the the Nubian bow thing. There was an interest, a very strong interest, in showing Bardia and Cambyses enemies because Dada. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, how the story um, has to play out for it to rise. And here is fit. when my personal, like my notes are always personal, but then I have <laughs> like my myself get into here, and I quote from myself: "I appreciate Umberto avoiding any mentions to Dada." <laughs> because he was in, in here it says Behistun ordered by a later a later king and then I just doodle myself laughing because <laughs> I was so like um, yeah like good for you um, like very good yeah, we listen spoilers. we have to avoid spoilers thousands of years all the spoilers exactly yeah <laughs> you know 
for me, all of this is new. So I, you you want the genuine reaction, then you you can't tell me about the things. I'll slowly <laughs> reveal to you that the Achaemenids are no longer in power currently, and then you'll find out how that happened. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they don't last forever. Sadly. No. Thank what? Me, thank God. <laughs> because, <laughs> because unbelievable. I know. I know. This should be. Um, this should be still around. Now we get to one of my favorite characters in the entire world in this historical dilemma, which is Bardia. <laughs> I love Bardia. Our, our good boy. <laughs> good boy. The or... first thing I say here, I noted down the word okay. cantaloupe. <laughs> you, sir, what? you, my good sir, yes. you called Bardia, you called Prince Bardia, son of Cyrus, a cantaloupe. And I wrote... And yeah. I wrote, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to switch to Spanish. I'm going to translate for the audience later. But I wrote, con el cantaloupe te voy a dar en la cabeza. Yo. Like, I'm just going to get the cantaloupe and just smash it into your head. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, because at some point, Umberto says, like, a cantaloupe would have done the same as Bardia. It was, that's so unfair. Oh, yes, I remember. That's so unfair. I was oh, he did not get. He did not get that much of an of a opportunity, you know. Like, it's yeah. not his fault. I'm sure he was a lovely person. I mean, it's like Xerxes the second. A melon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Call him a melon. <laughs> so, um, I have a personal take on the yes, important Yes, please thing. do. I, I agree with you, Umberto. I think that I, did everything like mm -hmm. I think he either killed everybody or got Cambyses to kill Bardia or kill Bardia himself like I don't like I don't buy the Gaumata thing whatsoever right. like I don't think that's true because it's really unlikely and it's like potentially as Sariel was asking themselves <laughs> like didn't anyone saw Bardia before like it's, yeah it's I don't know if you or the audience uh, fans or the Simpsons, but I love them. And it's like the same as when Homer enters a bar and it looks like Homer, but it has like a very big curvy <laughs> mustache saying, oh no, right. I am incognito guy. And then Homer is like actually walking outside. Like it's impossible that yes. someone was just like, take the, the place of Bardia and no one would notice. I think that's, that's no it sounds way. so fabricated. Yeah. Even if me. you think, even if you think, oh, it's a person, like maybe not many people were that close to Bardia, being, you know, nobility or however you want to call it, royalty. And also, yes, there are people who look like other people, especially if like someone has a lot of attributes that are not um like easily disguisable. Like maybe you have a very recognizable beard and haircut and mm -hmm. then you know, the shape of your eyes, maybe not that relevant. The shape of your nose, if it's like yeah. kind of, you know, kind of the same. But like, come on. Like, come like on. Like, you, yeah. you, you can tell two people apart. Like, maybe not, you know, a random person walking down the street, but someone who interacts with this person in like a day-to-day -day basis. That, I don't buy it. No. I don't neither. really. No, no, absolutely. Um, um, and here, I actually, like, I'm going to read from my notes because... <laughs> Um, that um, he had the support of the most important families in Parsa, and he held a lot of power. Not just him, his father, his taspes, and well, Irdawama. You mentioned Irdawama uh, at some point in the podcast. I read Don't some sources know. saying um, uh, this this so. woman that was a businesswoman. And had, like, oh yes, business that's right. Yes, yes, yes. We did mention. Yeah, her I, in, I read uh, somewhere, right, and I can't remember where it was that maybe she was 
related to Lara or maybe it was oh, okay. his mom or something. So even if it, maybe it was not her with that name and so it was not personally her, but possibly his mom was also super powerful. So mm-hmm. I think we take for granted how much he could do just by right. himself and all all sources of what happened are based on that. Even Herodotus is yeah, based is on so what that I was telling. Amazing. Yeah. So, so, you know, if you write history, then you can just make of it whatever you want. That is, it's a very powerful tool. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super biased because I like Barbian biases, but come <laughs> on, like if you take, not just, not, don't take the pinch of salt, take the bag, of <laughs> <laughs> the kilo of salt with you. Like, uh, and that's, that's, um, to me, to me, Barbian is a Shahanshah. Why? Because nobody thinks he is. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, like, like I said, if you get to die three times, that's, you know. Yeah, that's really impressive. That's something. Yeah. Well, few people get and to also, do more. It might be it might be because I have a couple of good friends that are named Barbie. So oh, I always really? imagine okay. them as being like, ah, oh, you're an Akimani oh, prince. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what I wanted to say. Nice. And then we get to the man, we get to him, <laughs> the legend, the that I abush, the king, the man, the legend, that I abush the first. And if you ask me, he is the only reason we are talking about the Achaemenid Empire because there would not be Achaemenid I... Empire without him. Absolutely not. Yeah. Like we well, I mean, don't know what Cyrus intended. We don't know what was to be after Cambyses and stuff, but that are is the heart yeah. and soul of the Achaemenid Empire. I will fight with absolutely. Yeah. Also, I feel like if you substituted for for Darius like a less capable ruler, then it would have all come crumbling down. A couple generations, I mean, one generation after Cyrus, and it would have been Most a new probably. empire somewhere else yeah. popping up. And fair to Cambyses and Baria because we don't know what would sure they have done with the empire they inherited. But even the name, the Achaemenid dynasty is Darius's doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I have like one, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven. A whole novel. <laughs> I love these. The keeps going. Just, it's just me, just me fangirling about him, like have a little like bonuses. I'm not going to like... Please go listen to the chapter, to the episode. I say chapter, sorry. Like, I, it's, I take that, it as chapters because it's a story. And um, please do listen to the So You Think You Can't Rule Persia to meet one of the most interesting people in history. If you ask me, he is one of the most interesting people in like history as a whole. And I know a bit about history. So I <laughs> love that you commented on the evil, Eastern evil kings because this is a super interesting stereotype that Herodotus has transcended and has carried on to damaging levels uh, starting with a 300 film yeah. and even in, oh, in Spanish saying satrap is an insult oh. and is used as a detrimental word mm. yeah it talks about if you call someone satrap you call it an authoritarian cruel right. and um, just a bad ruler a bad yeah not open ex- to yeah. dialogue okay. very, yeah it's just like a very authoritarian uh, person which if you ask me Satrap is a beautiful word. Satrapa in Spanish is beautiful. And um, yeah, even in the in the 300 film, has, which is not to be taken seriously. I mean, it's a film based on a comic and that comic is based in a former film. It's not, it's not intentional. It goes, it's a big, big game of broken telephone. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. And it's but it has its thing because it, it throws the message, a powerful one. But yeah, um, that's where we love stories. But, you know, not yeah. all stories no, have to be actual, actual true, yeah. 
yeah. yeah, but it, it carries on with the stereotype of the Eastern being that authoritarian, even dictatorial to modern day, uh, modern day's eyes, which is interesting because it shows, first of all, how much propaganda, Greek propaganda was against the, the mm-hmm. Iranians at that time, how much against them they were, just blatantly against them. That, that's it. They were the enemy and therefore they had to be worse. But also it shows how much they did not understand the Achaemenid Empire because my other note here is geography and Greece. The Greeks actually did not really know how big was the Achaemenid Empire because oh. they didn't know what happened from Parsa, from the satrapy of Parsa, where Persepolis is. Eastwards, like towards the east, they had no idea what that, what that was. Like that they knew it was like, yeah, land belonging to the Persians, we guess. But they did not really, when you, when you read the sources, you can see that they don't really know where things are. I mean, Herod is you never know, you can't, you can't just go to your phone, open Google Maps <laughs> and take a look at what is in there. You no, probably wouldn't, wouldn't even be able to get to a cartographer or any kind of map if you didn't, you know, have some connections to someone who happened <laughs> to have maps. And even if you did have maps, you... You know, you had to send someone there to make them. And if you hadn't, then, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, I think I think it's really interesting because the parts, that's the reason why the parts located in the West, in the stories by the Greek authors, are much more precise because they're familiar to them. On the other hand, when you read about, especially Central Asia, they rely in so mm-hmm. much on oral tradition that they don't really know. For example, when you were mentioning the, the Masageta, the, they said, oh, these people that never had alcohol. Oh, as is them, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you really think, like, do you really think alcohol was not a thing in Central Asia? Land of banquet, if it was ever one. So it's these things, you know, like Herodotus just throws information on the table, be like, yeah, these people are far away, which is very... It's interesting because we know that the Greeks made it to India. Yeah, eventually. Because we yeah, they definitely, they definitely. Yeah, even before Alexander and even later, of course, I mean, we have the Seleucids there. Kiss on the forehead to all my Seleucid yeah. fans out there. They are important <laughs> for the history of Iran. Not my cup of tea because they're too Hellenic for me, but they are, they are important. So that's, it's really nice and fun reading Herodotus and seeing how everything regarding Osiris and the Anatolian Peninsula, that's under control. We know what we're talking about. And then you read the parts about Central Asia and it's like, so there were horses, <laughs> there was Something land, people were trousers, and they were not civilized. Like, really? That's all you have? Yes. <laughs> That's everything that there's to know. All right. <laughs> so, okay, Great. fine. Yeah. Good job. Yeah, but even like Good Alexander, job. when he goes <laughs> to India, he doesn't know how far it goes. So he's just trying to convince, eh, tr- trust me, the end of the world is just across the next hill. It's going to be okay. We'll it's get there. It's so funny. Like, it's so funny to me when they're like, no, we can make it to India. Alexander Azizam, Eskandaria, <laughs> Eskandaria Aziz. Do you know what India is? No, but I have a hunch. Like, okay. Fine. Yeah. Well, we, we're just going to just gonna take a look. Listen, we're just going to, it's going to be quick fine. De- quick detour. Fine. I heard they have elephants. Let's go. Let's go see. Yeah. Let's oh go check God. it out. Yeah. So, uh, how big it. can the world be? <laughs> really? Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, oh, I have another note like, on the, on the Saka tribes, the Scythians. And, um, 
Yeah, it's like at some point, Umberto highlighted how this was possibly propaganda to make Dara look stupid. But there's there's <laughs> not really a way that Dara did not know how the Saka behaved because they were part of his empire and um, he probably knew a handful mm. of them. And to me, this is an elaborated story to make him look dumb or less capable because after all, I think with the Greeks, there is this mix- mixture of feelings between this thin line between love and hatred because they hate the Persian king, they hate the Iranian kings, but at the same time, they're fascinated by them because they're so different. Yeah. And they sometimes they wonder how just how one man could have all this power. It's because if anything, that I was impressive. Yeah, like it's just like <laughs> biggest empire yes. in the known ancient world. So, and, um, and, and many tribes of, and people from the Iranian plateau were nomads or followed nomadic lifestyle. This is something that's normally not mentioned. And when you speak about cities of like Ecbatana, Pasargada, Sush, Persepolis, people tend to think that was the way of living there. Actually, a lot, a lot of people were nomadic still and they followed nomadic mm-hmm. um, lifestyles. There were cities, yeah, a couple of them, but they was not like it was not generalized in, in the uh, Achaemenid Iran. Of course, this varied because the Achaemenid Empire, if anything, was vast and huge. So it really depends on where you are located. Like you take just I, I really like that you include maps and you, you um, encourage people to look at them because I think maps are fundamental to understand actually how big we're talking. Sariel was saying how big <laughs> the world can be. Actually, just take a map and try to like just look at it. It's um, it's it's a oh, it, it's a long, it's vast and it's varied and different. So of course, it depends on where you're talking about. But yeah, cities were no like we. We should not imagine the Achaemenid Empire as a super urbanistic one because it certainly That's had... just not a thing. Yeah. yeah. No, not for many people because, yeah, I'm thinking about the Sogdians, the Saka, the Bactrians. There are cities, there are towns, there are villages, but many people still relay on a nomadic lifestyle. And uh, that's... Yeah, there's... That's important to know. In fact, um, around... Have you visited... I think I have it here... I think I have it on my notes somewhere, but have you visited the Getty Museum Reconstruction of Persepolis? I've had a quick no. look. It was no. it was very nice. It's amazing. I had a whole video touring it because it's amazing. But you can it's really good to see that it's um, you have Persepolis and the surroundings are empty. I read on a paper recently that those surroundings would probably be packed with nomadic like tents and nomadic people coming and going to come to trade at the the core like the very heart of the empire just to, to present of these. So. yeah that makes so much sense yes. because if it's something that's common enough that there's a lot of cultures and a lot of tribes that do that then if you do have a city you need a place for those people yeah. to come by right like that's that's just how it works same as having a port or Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even just the Achaemenid court, you know, moving different places depending on necessity. That's, you know, I guess a bit of an yeah, echo. Yeah, that's quite nomadic if you think of it. Definitely. And it's it's like the, the fact that they change locations based on the weather, on the season, that, that speaks of our nomadic behavior. Because now we just spend the different seasons in just one house, which is where we normally live. We do not consider, oh, it's winter is coming, mm-hmm. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move southwards. Or, oof, it's too hot in here. I'm going to go northwards, maybe for a holiday, but not as like, a, I'm going to move, settle <laughs> here. And yeah. um, that's very, oh, I, I love moving. Um, <laughs> um, I, I have like a thing here. And 
But I, I have a question because it says imperial identity, which is that also is my job because question. your girl is an art historian and uh, the art and the message behind Susa and Persepolis. I, I, oh, oh, I, that's my favorite thing about that. He was so clever. <laughs> he was so intelligent. That's why we love him so much because he's just brilliant and terrible and amazing. Oh my gosh, he is terrible. He's possibly one of the worst people that existed. <laughs> <laughs> he was, I think he must have had like a good side. I'm sure he did. You know, maybe he was like a, a loving father or maybe he was like very concerned with his subjects and generals. I imagine him being a super loyal friend to certain people. I, but on the other half, like the other You don't want to cross side, him is other, the point. You don't want to be in his way. No. <laughs> He had a temper for sure. Mm, yeah. Something that his son inherited. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, birds of a father. And <laughs> so, um, well, of course, I, I had something that as a historian, I have to hear. You know how in Herodotus, there's the tale uh, when Sardis burned down. Right. There is this legend saying that Dada had someone whispering into his ear three times a day. Don't forget the Greeks. Remember the Greeks, blah, blah, blah. Of course, that never happened. That, uh, that was an invention of Herodotus. And regarding, no, regarding numbers, it's important to remember that Herodotus believed there were like 5 million people on the yeah. inside, which is literally <laughs> it's a bit much, yeah. <laughs> Kind of yeah, difficult to supply. It's a, you know, I, I have already like a whole video on the battle, the battle that <laughs> <laughs> I can English on the battle of Thermopylae. So, you know, propaganda, political agenda, everyone was following um, their own particular views. And the interesting thing is that we do not keep anything from the Iranian side. So possibly it would look the same, but the opposite, if I'm explaining, like just, it would be as propagandistic and as following an agenda as the Greek side. Yeah, definitely. Because they were following there. I can so. imagine, you know, these um, savages at the border of the world, you know, they weren't worth conquering. We just went to teach them a lesson, then came back and it was fine. Yeah. And, um, well, I have like bonuses Ooh, here, nice. like bonus comments. Ooh. Bonus is that actually is, I'm saying that we owe that out so much. We do, because actually he was the one inventing, like coming up with the word Shahanshah. Oh, was he? Really? Because your boy was humble. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it wasn't used before uh, Dada? Really? No, because Cambyses never called himself a king of kings mm -hmm. and Cyrus did not either. Oh, huh. okay. Interesting. I love that Cyrus keeps using the term king of Anshan. Yes, like, that oh. is. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. Yes. That takes oh, yeah. Once once you have and, the huge uh, yeah. empire, King of Anshan is just like a cute reminder. Like, oh, we used to have that little city once in time. It's like I came from a humble origin. Yeah, you know, it was like, oh, my household was very humble. And then I made of my course. way to the top. <laughs> we love yeah. a humble king. Oh, God. Who loves to talk about how humble he yeah, is. Because he mm -hmm. is indeed so humble. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. That's how you know. That's how you identify a humble person. And um, well, here I'm just saying that Dara is the Achaemenid Empire. Basically, he wouldn't, we wouldn't be talking about the Achaemenids were not for him. And I love that you read this part where Dara says he is a friend of the right, because mm -hmm. actually 
this friend of the right thing is connected, something probably connected to the Asha principle from the Mahasayasana. Oh. Asha is the ultimate truth. In fact, one of the Amesha Spenta is called Asha Bahista, who translates some like roughly as the ultimate truth or the only truth. And the Asha principle, that's the reason why Xerxes also says that lying is the opposite of following Ahura Mazda's command because Asha, the truth, is what we all should be seeking as inhabitants of this world. And um, this is the way of Dara saying that we don't know, we have not many mentions of religion because Dara and Xerxes are considered only on the political side and the conquest military side mostly. But this is one of the hints of saying what the cult, what their religion was at the time. And this is just, I really like the subtlety of this. I'm a friend of the right. Which, um, even you guys in the podcast were like, yeah, of course, what are you going to say? You are the king. You're not going to say that you're a liar. Which you are a very big <laughs> Which you man. absolutely are. Yeah. Like, as is that like, looks I, bad I, if when you I say did, it. When I, when I did the Darius uh, stream, uh, one of my bachar made a meme of me on screen that, that it was like, there was this tiny dialogue that was ahead of that as saying, I have the right to rule. That it was my completely discomposed dis- <laughs> face being like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you did not. <laughs> Absolutely not. And um, and yeah, the only tiny thing, um, the Farbahar mm-hmm. is not a person. Damn it. <laughs> I knew there was something. The Farbahar is okay. a spirit, is an energy, is um, but Damn. not a person. <laughs> Nothing in Zoroastrianism, apart from the Zoroastrian priests, are persons. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, they're not people. They are, like, a movement. So, um yeah if you if you like i i feel like this is getting like super <laughs> long and stuff so maybe if you want to discuss this i think we, we could have I, I could have you guys Ooh, maybe over nice. on twitch again or i can come here again because i i think we could talk about these uh these art and message this imperial identity which is my favorite part on of the reign of of dara because he he knew how to convey this message of together under my command, but together we are stronger. We embrace diversity, but we acknowledge authority. The art in in Persepolis is perfect, delivering that message, and it's so powerful. And something that I want to bring to the attention is that even if Persepolis was the most powerful city in Iran at that time, and possibly one of the most powerful cities of the ancient world, there are no representations of battles or of, of bloodshedding, of like cruelty. Rather you have people coming together. And of course, they are subjugated under one authority, which is the imperial authority. But the choice, the, the fact that they chose that as their artistic program, I think it's amazing like how clear that I wish wanted to be with what he wanted for the empire. And when he represents himself in, in his tomb in Asherostam, when you see all the satrapies, all the provinces of the empire actually holding his throne. Yes, of course, he's on the top and he's like the top of it, literally. There's, he's the bigger figure. There's this very powerful visuals on it. But at the same time, he's he's aware that what's sustaining him are the provinces and the people forming his empire. And that means keeping them at bay, for sure, but also listening to them and acknowledging them and being intelligent enough to know how to manage the differences and this is me just fangirling <laughs> over the art of the Achaemenids because what this what 
not to brag about. It's like, oh, it's amazing. Um, have you guys been in, in no, Iran yet? No. no, not yet. Haven't had the chance. Should we have a trip? Because <laughs> I want trip. to go back. I, I mean, be fun. I mean, like, I want if, to go back. If you want, I would be absolutely delighted to have not only a trip to Iran, which on itself would be incredibly interesting, but a trip that, with that you so you can family. explain things. <laughs> Good. I think you would kill me on the third nah. day. I would no. I would be. Honored. That would be amazing. I I love these kinds of trips. Oh, maybe I, we can I, talk I, about it. Maybe you know. We'll discuss. We'll So we'll discuss businesses later. So well, the last of the three big, but definitely not least, is our beautiful boy Zaxis. Uh I love Zaxis so much. Like so much, so much, so much, so much. Uh, Xerxes to me is one of the worst understood kings just because he lost uh, the Greek yeah. passion words. Uh, words, not words, <laughs> wars. <laughs> I can English. Um, the the doctor wars, if you look for that in Spanish, because we actually call it the guerras medicas, <laughs> the median wars. Why? I have no idea. The, someone explain things to me. Um, so Xerxes to me is poorly understood again because of the the greek campaign i literally wrote down <laughs> like go to sleep because just go home you're drunk exactly it's it's just everything is just so politically tainted i mean you cannot blame herodotus for being on a side and from being a man of his time I mean, he's and living in the happens. environment exactly it's... and he has and, and he's afraid of the Iranians and he doesn't want a war. I mean, I understand Herodotus perfectly, but we should do as well. Again, Xerxes is much, much more than just the Battle of Thermopylae, the Battle of of, of Plataea, of Marathon. Xerxes' legacy goes beyond that. And um, when I spoke about him on Twitch, I avoided any mention to the Greek or Persian words on purpose because what what i could do a separate um section mm-hmm. for that but um Xerxes is, is the constructor he is the builder he is the, the one focused on art and um and he was very looking <laughs> according, according to Strabo, he was so good looking and it's like oh well oh. that always gives like it is sad but that always will give you uh privilege <laughs> Like oh, it, it's absolutely true. No, definitely. It's just like I remember. I, I don't think you included this on the podcast, but Umberto asked me whether Strabo is one of the authors that mentions that Xerxes mm-hmm. was very good looking, and um, and um, and he was. Of course, he was. <laughs> he was the most precious Achaemenid ever existed. I dare to say that he was even more look like better looking than Cyrus okay. because Cyrus had all the things, but Xerxes was precious and gorgeous <laughs> and handsome and fantastic. He was beautiful, and um, there's some in in the reign of Xerxes. There's a lot of mentions to the Master Yasna because apparently he was a king that was more oriented towards religion, and. Um, <laughs> I come here as a representative of the Naevas <laughs> and right. careful, careful with the mm-hmm. word demon because they are not demons. Um, they kind of have been understood as demons because we don't have um, a similar word and also because we're very influenced by monotheistic religions, which is completely fine. It's what we, it's what we are. 
But actually, the Daeva are more the counterparts of the Yazata. Well, not, not more. They are the counterparts of the Yazata. They are the assistance of Angra Mainyu, who is the opposite of Ahura Moza. If Ahura Moza embodies order, Angra Mainyu embodies chaos. Because that's what Maza Yasna was at the first time. Chaos versus order. And it was not good versus evil. Definitely not. It was They understood that things had their opposites, that both were required for the word to work. That changed over time, of course, and eventually you have this switch and this swift towards a much more like good versus evil uh, thought. In later um, Avestan texts, you can really see like, you know, Daevas are very much jinn. They are jinn, deeps, demon, bad spirits, how you can call them. But mm-hmm. originally the, the, the Devas um, and the Deva inscription had more... It has more like a political dimension and Zexus wanted to keep the Indians at bay. So he's calling the, the Devas actually a super sacred in the, the Vedic religion and in the Indian cult. So that's the reason he's saying the Devas are the opposite oh, okay. because when moving to, to the um, uh, Zoroastrian belief, um, the Devas become the quote unquote the evil ones because they are the opposite. I mean, it's, it's super interesting. I recommend you to read an article but my academic godfather. It's called... Devas, Bagas, and Deities, okay. I think. Um, his name is Israel Campos. Yeah, that sounds to really you. interesting. <laughs> so the dream of the deity, like the god that actually woke right. in the middle of the night. Oh, yes, like, that was also <laughs> excellent. Yeah, like the evidence of this, I, I love it because it's so fun. But actually, I like using these kind of things to True. learn something because the event, how we say, like, I meant to say that's fake. Okay, but how do we know that? How do we know that that is not a thing that happened? Well, that is because um, the evidence of this being a Greek invention is that the deities, the divinities, were different in Hellas and in Iran. There are not really records of any being receiving messages from Ahura Mazda that was not sarposht. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the deities don't go to the mortals being like, you must go to Greece. <laughs> like... Yeah. God, is that you? Like, no, because that's what Ahura Mazda does. Something very interesting in the Mazda Yasna is that if Ahura Mazda needs to deliver a message, he does so himself. Okay, right, fair enough. <laughs> and also only to Zartosht. Also, the Yazadas present themselves to Zartosht, but only to him. They don't go about being like, hello, good looking. I am the Yazata of the <laughs> waters, and you are just looking fine. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Oh my God. In in fact, I mean, this is a personal take, of course, but you know how in Greek or Roman mythology, and especially in Greek mythology, the deities are all like, <laughs> mm, humans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in yeah. the Iranian pantheon, it would be much more like, ew, humans. <laughs> Gross. Gross Understandably people, so. Yeah. Yeah, because we bleed, we sweat, and they're yeah. like, oh my God, no, no. Honestly, yeah, big same sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, like um, animals, uh, humans or nature itself are the ones that carry the messages from above or Ahura Mazda appears uh, themselves. And, um, you know, the Yazatas, the deities do not communicate with humans like, directly unless they are heroes. Okay. For example, we have Pretaona, that is a particular hero that speaks to Anahita and Mayuata, which are two Yazatas. Anahita is a Yazata of the sacred waters. And Mayuata is basically an air nomad because he's the Yazata of the Hell. Oh, nice. And um, I always imagine him like uh, the air nomads from Avatar. That's a 
because good aesthetics because goals <laughs> like yeah following that thought by what is bold yeah. yeah do we have representations of him not a single one but leave me be with my fantasy <laughs> if if there were you can have your own fan fiction version. yeah here's where i have my 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 no that please do 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 go to the Getty Museum of Reconstruction. It's amazing. It's for free. It's on the internet. And you can spend as many hours, days, months browsing there as you wish. Oh, really? Yes, I would really like to check it out. Also, we'll put a... Is, is your video, your tour available? I think anywhere? it is. Mm-hmm. I think it's I on think. YouTube somewhere. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we'll put, we'll put links to everything on the description. So if people are interested, they can go check. Check it out. <laughs> and okay, here is where I actually confront oh, no. Ariel and Umberto. Things happen. Yes. What do you mean? The moment you've all been waiting for. Uh-huh. So I'd like no. here. Listen, what do you mean? Xerxes is the okay. You wouldn't know. I feel like I gave my opinion in the podcast. I feel like I, you know, I I justified my answer. I am sorry that you you're don't not. think so. <laughs> you must be, but you're not. What you mean, Xerxes is the okay. Cambyses was okay. Barbia was okay. Artaxerxes was okay. Xerxes is the great. Well, I... <laughs> 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 Listen, <laughs> some things, yes. Some other things, yeah. Greek propaganda has gotten into you, yes. and I know you Imagine. like the Greek or Roman elod. You do a lot of mentions and comparisons to the Roman Empire. Don't think those have escaped from my ears. I know what I know. Xerxes <laughs> <laughs> is much more than the okay. That's my take. There's a hill I will die on. He maintains a vast empire. And I think this, like, on a most serious note, I really think that most of his history is focused on the campaigns in Greece because we have a lot of information about that. And also because... (laughs) (laughs) Things happen. The West. Hashtag Orientalism. Hashtag the West being the West. Mm -hmm. And um, But I think Zax is honest, like, in a most serious note, I think he was a very good king. I I think he was a very good king. I mean, yeah, he, he was very impressive. Like I, I, I'll give you I, like well, like I said, I, I justified my opinion. I think it, there were a lot of really impressive things, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just saying. I hear when you call someone the great is. I you know. hear ask you to change it from Zach is the okay. We don't do the great because you don't believe in the great, and I respect that. But from the okay, what about Zach is yeah, the good? Yeah, is the good is yes. definitely fine. That's Zach is yeah, good. Fine. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, I, I'm accepting your part in this, but I'm a little bit forward in mind too. Like, okay. no, this is excellent. This is good diplomacy. I will. I accept. I accept this bargain. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. Because I, 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 I was like, I think I even spoke like out loud. I'm like, oh, sex is okay. What? <laughs> <laughs> and in in here, I wrote, I have things to say. Fair yeah, enough. because I had. I mean, I, I understand, and I am willing to understand that um, I am biased. I said it at the beginning of the podcast. I, like, I am absolutely biased. Oh, you're biased. Yes, that's the reason I'm here. <laughs> I am the biggest defender of Zaxxas in the world. Um, oh yeah, I have like another super tiny note in here. It's like when they mm-hmm. say brothers, like Tizia's 
has like brothers yes. all going around. This was brother, a brother. Sometimes you are correct, uh, Umberto, they are half brothers, but sometimes I just the um, the like people that uh, grew up together oh, okay. makes sense. It's like they are um, boys that grow up together, like sons of nobility or high-rank militars. They grew up there and they were educated together. So sometimes the Greeks think they must be related, but sometimes they are. I mean, they have half-brother, they're sons of concubines, they share one parent. But some some of the time it's just like, all the kids yeah, sure. just, that they just grow up together yeah, exactly class. and because of how the greek mentality works like they must be related they must be and i think i don't know what this is in a later source and i'm when i mean later i think okay. it's 13th century or something <laughs> they think oh these two people they must be cousins and like no but i understand where you're coming from it's like because you're very close and stuff they're actually friends and also um the thing the friends thing <laughs> Yes, the Xerxes had a lot of good male friends, and I'm gonna leave it there. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) They were they seem like very good friends, (laughs) right? They were roommates, even. Yes, and I oh, who is it? Is it is it yeah, is that I when they say, Oh, if I am with a woman, don't enter. And then Sally was like, and if they're not with a woman, (laughs) yes. (laughs) And I'm really happy because thank you. Yeah. That yeah, important. You know, we, we use roommates in the historical sense. Yes, of course. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Bedmates. Yeah, I'm right. gonna say. Oops. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a thing. Like I, that, they didn't marry them, but you know, yeah. listen. It's good to be the king. To discuss how like oh we can't we can't apply modern words and vocabulary to things that are not modern. Guess what? We need to use language and explain things to people nowadays. So if a word does the job, you you know, like... If we have a word we, that they didn't have, we yeah. can use it. Of course it doesn't. Like, of course it doesn't. Like, of course they wouldn't have used that word. That word didn't exist. But so wouldn't... They also wouldn't have used any of the words we're using now to describe any of the things that they did. Yeah. So, you know. And just, it does not... Like, I'm sorry. We all, like, obviously you have to have nuance and you need to understand that everything is going to be not exactly as we understand society now, because that's the whole point of where history is interesting and difficult because Mm -hmm. people change through times and we're never going to know. We're never going to be there to check. We're never going to have a person from there explain it to us. And this still does not justify your homophobia or your transphobia or your (laughs) racism or, you know, like that's just cheap excuses. I will not take it. I do agree with you, and I think that makes us a little bit because some sometimes the uh, people just venture to say that we are following a certain agenda. It's like we're giving visibility to many people that could not speak by themselves at that time. They existed; they've been there. We didn't invent these things. We definitely did not invent these things. Now, this is not no, a twenty-first century phenomenon. This is not a twentieth-century phenomenon. They were there, and. Um, yeah, so I don't see the big. I mean, I understand. If anything, if anything, well, the bias and the and the uh, changing of history has been done afterwards, very knowingly. Yeah. Uh, the Victorians did a lot of did a lot of bad. Yeah. Oh my god, they did. History. Yeah, I always say that they, the nineteenth century you know, is so has been so hurtful for history. Like 
it, they tell the story they wanted to tell and they got the facts and they were like, okay, we're going to tell it this particular way and we're going to talk about this and not this other thing. And nowadays we're still undoing a lot of things that were done, obviously not only in the 19th century, but, you know, um, yeah. Occidental Victorians had a lot to do with it because it's... Um, yeah, Western well, people had a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. It's a very colonialist point of view. It's a very Western point of view. Like, it, it was done very purposefully. Um, yes. And now we're still undoing that because people take that vision of history as fact. And that's still just one vision of history. Like, it mm-hmm. was actually very purposefully done. So... Yeah. It's the same, not only regarding uh, LGBTQ people, not only well, that, no, no, of but course. it's just uh, talking about everything. Yeah, and we we were saying here in this podcast as well that uh, we need to fight with this orientalistic point of view of the uh, Eastern mm-hmm. king that is evil and is dominated by women. Can you imagine <laughs> and stuff like that? That we're still dealing with stuff like that, and I still, I still receive questions. I I always take as as willing to learn in my Twitch be like, oh, how truth to reality is the 300 yeah. film and so like i get it i mean this is this is, like, films carry messages in a way much more powerful than history books do and um there's so much more behind and possibly if we could have data speaking defending what he did we would be fascinated be like dude we know you invented everything <laughs> yeah. don't like yes. stop defending yourself like no no no, no listen listen i have reasons it's like, I got listen to me for a moment. It's like Patty said, like, why did you do that? That was awful. <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> I had my reasons and I'm going to explain them to you because yeah. you're welcome, sweetheart. <laughs> yes, like, yes. So, yeah, I, I do believe in giving visibility to not only the, the, the marginalized parts of history and uh, what the creators do, but yeah, I mean, they. This is something that we know that the Iranian kings had female concubines and male concubines. And that was a thing, and it's Gosh. been a thing. <laughs> it's been a thing throughout many different cultures in Iran, many different people that lived in 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 Iran, and yes, of course, they had their different takes on that. But that has. Yeah, it, it happened. <laughs> exactly, it happened then. It happens now. It's just part of just. Of human course, they nature. did not marry the the. No, the, the, that depends on each culture and how. Yeah, of course, but uh, they also wouldn't marry lots of other people. <laughs> yeah. Because of status, because of where they were from, because yeah. you know, uh, yeah, it, this is not a, a political debate. Uh, you know, uh, uh, or what would be considered correct um, in a strategic way. This is purely a human nature and and love and affection debate and i feel like again people are people feelings are still pretty much the same feelings no, yeah we and have not feel- evolved like that this hasn't been enough time for humans to be different than 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 now trust and me that's not how it happens it's really important that we are also diving into the history of emotions and history this this is actually a tendency that started in the 18 uh, in the 80s no, i was gonna say the 18th <laughs> no. century no in the 1980s no. which is called yes. the history of mentalities mm-hmm. and um they explore things such as emotions and um collective thoughts and stuff like that i don't know much about it i'm not the expert really but i've read a lot of articles on fear especially and love which are the big things and it's it's incredible how we can learn so much about this because sometimes we tend to dehumanize the people we study and i say this in a very intentional way because i 
when they use these um, kind of legend of Cyrus weeping for his wife during mm-hmm. the week because he was so sad that Casandana had passed. Maybe he was super sad that his wife yeah. was dead. <laughs> maybe yeah. he was. And maybe, yeah. um, you know, you know the how the the Masageta story is, is actually a legend and stuff. But uh, yes. uh, possibly if that would have happened, the queen would be so upset uh, because she lost her son and she will be sad <laughs> she yeah. would like to be raised so we we take for granted that these people did not have emotions or did not laugh or did well not you know it's only natural that it happens we're essentially learning from them through either bureaucracy which always not the most human part <sighs> yeah. of humanity if you know if you ask me or we're learning through legend which is meant to portray feeling that's how that's how we humanize people is through stories like movies do it all the time right if you watch a biographical movie suddenly you feel like you get to know the person (laughs) a little bit Uh, but the problem with stories whether they're legends or a biographical movie about someone is that sometimes the truth is changed altered adapted to fit what you're trying to show (laughs) exactly following a particular thought (laughs) eh? Like, for example, like changing history so much that you make the sequel to the 300 and you portray this awful relationship between uh, Xerxes and um, uh, Artemisia, Artemisia Licaria. Oh, right. Well, actually, Xerxes leaves his own kids to Artemisia for her to watch them, which is like they were, if anything, incredibly good friends. Because yeah. you would not trust your own kids to choose a random woman you happen to hate. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> but no. <laughs> so and, and it's just things like that. So, like uh, so I don't know. I I think I'm like I'm I, I am really far off the, the, the land of, of wondering in here because I love speaking about history <laughs> and about the past. I mean that's the reason I did like the whole thing shenanigan yeah. for the PhD. That's why we place. invited you. <laughs> and why you but are yeah. a good a good uh communicator. Yeah, exactly. history Thank communicator. You. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but remember if you have to if you need to live here with just one idea or two, is like remember what Umberto Ansario said, people are people. <laughs> Take everything Herodotus says with a pinch of salt, and remember, Zexis was extremely gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the thing. Have you watched? All right, there's this awful, and sorry, I love this film, <laughs> but it's awful. It's called One Night with the King, and it tells the story of Esther of mm-hmm. Susa. Yeah, you know from the sure. from the Bible. The Xerxes there is ridiculously <laughs> handsome. <laughs> If anything, I want to think so, that Xerxes so, you looks know, historically like that. Yeah, accurate. Perfect. Definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, this <laughs> actor has blue eyes. Xerxes could have had blue eyes. Maybe, I don't know, maybe mm. not. But but yeah, it's extremely good looking. It's um historically, <laughs> historically wise, it's not such a great film, but you need to watch it. It's, it's just, it's an experience. <laughs> I love this film. I mean, I acknowledge it's awful, but I love this film. It's one of my guilty oh. pleasure. Not actually guilty because I'm not ashamed <laughs> of recognizing it. But but it's just everything is pretty about that. <laughs> it's like a heartwarming love story. Like and actually they oh, they con they, they do not call the king Ahasuerus. They oh, okay. call him Xerxes. And the okay. the 3D reconstruction of Susa there. Jesus <laughs> Benito. Like <laughs> it looks 
no. I'm so awful. Being oh, like, so sad. No, it's horrible. It's horrible. And you have like in the Achaemenid throne, you have this like golden winged lion behind the king, which is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so if you watch it, Keep we will invite mind. you and then we oh can have gosh. a mini episode afterwards where we comment the movie. I'll put it on our list of, of things to watch. Yes. Do it. it. It's an experience. Go for it. Especially night since you have the king. The, yeah, night with the king. I, I think I have it somewhere. I can it to you. It's uh, excellent. I, I mean, it's it's the the Jewish take on Xerxes and what happened to the Jews thanks to Esther. It's following mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. biblical story of Esther. So okay. it's interesting. It looks pretty. It's so pretty. Like it's like visually, it's just like oh, everything's gorgeous except <laughs> for Susa. Plastic lion. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> well, it happens. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you, you end up with a very bad Achaemenid prop on set. But if it's gold and it shines, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn Umberto into a gold fanatic. Yay, as I am. gold! <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty, you know. It does, it does the job. I get it why yes. people like it. Gold is a good material. I am a magpie, so, yeah. And that's everything I think I have this everything I have noted now. Right. And sorry for this extremely long episode. I have a feeling that I only spoke. <laughs> no, well, I thank you so much for, for contributing all this wonderful knowledge. I have hey, so I much really fun. like your podcast. I think it's super necessary. I have very like I even if I have, I can disagree on some opinions because I would just rank my favorites as <laughs> directly course. as Shahansha and the rest is Shahana. Yes. I, I still love hearing all the people's opinion and I, I love that all the people are discussing Iranian history and I think you guys are doing a super nice job and you deserve all the success you're having and what is to come because I know this is only the beginning well yeah the, we, we barely started and we have a lot of kinks <laughs> we, to we go a lot yes it's I'm particularly impressive. excited about a couple of them <laughs> so. Ooh, oh yeah I remember that I have a yes, question please. I'm going to ask you to is not an exam, but I want your honesty, like 100% okay. honesty. Which one so far has been your favorite? Oh, Darius, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot oh. see it because you're listening to this, but Umberto's face was like, I'm the happiest person in the planet. <laughs> I am so sure of my answer. Because he's is. just, he just has everything. I... He has all the possible drama. And we know enough about him to, to know what he's like. Like, I think Cyrus is good, but I don't know him as a person. While, while Darius is like, yes, I know what you're like. And I know that you're terrible and I love it. Yes. The drama. <laughs> I know I you're think... terrible and I love it. Uh, so far, I... I... I've liked it for me is everything's so new. I really enjoy, like I thoroughly enjoy every episode we make and every king is very different and I get to learn more things with yeah, with everything we talk about. So it's very difficult for me to choose. Yeah. Um I think since Umberto said Darius, I'm going to say Cyrus because I love that we had the two episodes. Like I like Cyrus, not just the Cyrus episode, but the uh, Astyages episode combined it was a because it was a good story well obviously it it's story. that's the whole point right like Cyrus himself is just a good story yeah so it yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it I, I loved seeing him grow up from a baby <laughs> literally to yeah. a man and see everything he accomplished and all the different stories and uh the cool um woman who unfortunately brought him his death <laughs> eventually a mistress 
to, to Myris, I think. To Myris. To Myris. To Myris. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, I was trying I'm, to find I'm, the, I'm, I'm the name on my. Yeah, I mix up so many names. Yeah, you're right. Mistress, I think, is Xerxes' wife, maybe? Yeah, Mistress is Xerxes' wife. I did not attempt yeah. to pronounce Xerxes' real name because I, I, <laughs> it's complicated. I think I, it's really difficult. I think it's beautiful, but it's really difficult. It's called Ufa. It's called. It's called Chosheyarsho. Okay. Yes, that is. Yeah, like Pepe para los amigos. Who, Pepe? Oh, yeah. Pepe the Great. Ah, Pepe. Okay. Well, no, thank you so, so much for joining us. This was wonderful, absolutely beautiful. You did not have, you do not have to be worried about talking too much. This is this is exactly why we wanted you in the podcast. I'm sure people are really going to enjoy the episode. Yes, and we're hoping um, to have you back at some point, definitely, to yes, talk about we, more stuff. We can... We can continue maybe when when we uh, finish with the Ecumenids and you can To be fair, I don't us. know much about the rest of the Ecumenids because I stopped in uh, Art of Sexes. I actually don't know. My, my knowledge is very limited. So I'm going to learn a lot from you because I never dived into them because, again, I nice. like what I like. I'm not yeah, very specialized. Yeah. And... Um, and I'm really interested of what's to come. I know a little bit more about the last of the Ecumenids for yes, reasons. Because he's in the sh- like, because he's in the Shana, man. That's, <laughs> that's the only reason because he is in the Shana, man. <laughs> and and he, he has a a thing with uh, Eskandar and um and um, spoilers. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll find see, out. He has a thing like in, I, I if you want I can send you for if you want for that episode or if I can send you actually the parts of the show. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, they can I'd tell that, that story. They do tell that story. And it's ridiculous in like the historical version. And then what they, they came up with like Ferdosi, <laughs> what were you drinking? Like that's not <laughs> what it says here. He's like, no, no, trust the process. Trust the process. I know <laughs> what I'm writing about. Like, no, you don't. You have no idea who this person was. Like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> Please tell us uh, how would you, what would you like people to know about you? Where can they find you? Yes, you have anything, anything special to plug here. that you'd like to? Uh, okay, so, well, first of all, thank you so much for inviting me. I had the best time because I am very happy to be here and uh, you are two of my favorite people on the planet at this oh, point. So, thank you so much. I'm really happy to, to be in this uh, in this space and um, regarding where people can find me, uh, well, I run a project on Twitch called Las Plumas de Simur and uh, you can find me on Twitch and then a couple of social media. I also have a Patreon page. And um, yeah, if you want to know a little bit more about Iran and Mesopotamia and from time to time, you can pop by, say hello, and I will be delighted to hear from you. And uh, thank you so, so much. And uh, I think, I don't know, I have, I have so many thoughts and, and positive things to say about <laughs> this thing. I am really happy that um you started this podcast and i'm really happy that you had the courage to do so because in the first episode you say like, you disclaim a little bit about yourself being like oh we know historians blah 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 it's like listen <laughs> you're doing a very good thing for for 
public history. In, in Spanish, we have a beautiful word for this and it's called divulgación. But we don't have the equivalent in English. And I think that's a shame because well, it's when... usually called communication, like science yeah, communication, or history communication. It's not the best. But it's yeah. not the best thing. I like that we have divulgación. And um, actually, I think it's super needed because we need to tear down. This is something I like to say in my own project is that we, we need to build bridges, not walls. Because history belongs to all of us. As humans inhabiting the planet, we have the right to history. And exactly. um, the one you covering is basically one of my favorites in, <laughs> in the world. So I'm really happy you started. I'm really happy with how it's turning it. I love the, the tone you give, the, how direct and clear and accessible the information is, how fun it is to hear you both speaking uh, <laughs> on things and how genuine the interactions are because when Zariel is surprised, they are surprised. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and how... Well, like I said, I know nothing and so I get everything, you know, explained Which to me. Which is great. By... No, I, I love it. So if anything, I have to thank you for starting something like this and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are getting curious and getting to know much more about these part of the world called Iran or Persia because you are team Persia I am team Iran <laughs> and yet we are birds of a feather a flock together so so thank you for all the hard work you put into it all the effort all the portraits all the rankings it's um please do check the website do check the drawings because they are super fun yes they're excellent and um yeah I, I love watching Sariel's take on things and like oh yeah these <laughs> like this and they are doing this and then these and these like oh I love it and I, I love the way you draw beards because you got it you, the acumenid you. beard <laughs> the, you exactly you you crack the code for the perfect acumenid beard so thank, that was thank you pure pure coincidence but thanks <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy yeah uh we'll definitely have you back and we'll continue Yay. this conversation some other time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Uh, as always, hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, give Plumas all your love on Twitter and Twitch. We'll have everything, lots yes, of All lots the links will be available. You can find it. Um, Don't worry. And yeah, see you next week. And as always, take care and goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Bye.